Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. Guys, listen. When you hear Julie and I say, we're doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do it at the highest level, and that has been the one prevailing North Star secret, whatever fancy word you want to put it in, that's per- caused us to progress in life, business, personally, professionally, spiritually, financially. When you hear us say it, I want you to know that we live it. And today is a good example because I actually feel like crap. But I bet you, had I not told you, you wouldn't be able to tell because here's the thing. Doing what you don't want to do, and you're hearing Julie right now mute the phone because she has a cough. Doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. At the highest level, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Those three phrases together are what equate to your success. And I'm going to tell you guys, uh, we're also going to go to Orange Theory today. And I happen to know at Orange Theory, and I don't know if you knew this, my love, but today is the first day of Hell Week. Yeah, I was just on. Bonnie told me, and she sent a bunch of skulls with her email. (laughs) Yeah, to warn me. I mean, I don't know if listeners, I don't know if you guys know what burpees are, but let's just say you don't know what they, you don't want to know what they are if you don't know what they are, and that's what we have to look forward to. Basically, forty-five minutes of burpees, which trust me when I tell you, it, it no bueno. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. So (laughs) when you find yourself. Um, you're not finding motivation in your own world because everyone else you know is kind of like, I'm just going to kick back and wait till spring. When your family's acting that way, when the other agents are acting that way, when you're, everything and everywhere you go is in this sort of state of complacency, that's when you have to fight back. That's when you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, even more so because it's the best time to take advantage of the fact that your competitors are being lazy. I know the word competition. I, I say this at the same time. I'll be honest with you. I cringe that I have to basically help you guys understand that you are in a competitive world. You are in a competitive business. And I know that right now the PC police out there want us to all – and there's real estate PC police too. I hear them and I get emails from them asking me to tone down our rhetoric about words like competition and how real estate just big communal you know, fishbowl where we're all supposed to pass around the fish and take a bite and all this other crap. No, that's not how it works. Okay, There's one listing, there's one listing agent. There's one buyer aside, there's one buyer's agent. That's how it works. That means a whole bunch of other people lost out getting that business. There is competition. And you know, here's the thing that's very fascinating to me. And this is another reason why you, we're the people that we are, frankly, and how, why I think we resonate with so many of you guys. So when we are hanging out and communicating with people that own big brokerages, that are the executives in these companies, that are just all these higher-ups, the way they act behind closed doors and the way they act in front of the agents are two different things completely. And it's, it, it's fascinating to me because I don't understand. I know intellectually why they're doing that because they're trying to be manipulative and they're trying to create this – and they're trying to be politically correct and give you the uh, presentation 
of, you know, you're working for some big, you know, holistic, progressive, everyone cares about everyone type of company. But as soon as those doors close, I promise you guys that they are incredibly competitive, that they're incredibly aggressive, that they're looking for weakness in their competitors. They're thinking about what agents are worth investing money and which agents aren't. They are acting like real business people as soon as the doors are closed. Otherwise, they wouldn't stay in business. Now, as soon as those doors are open, it's all like, oh, let's, let's sit around the campfire and sing Kumbaya. Understand that if you want to transcend, you have to break free of the idea that you don't have to compete in this world because you do. You have to compete for everything, which means if you hope to win, you're going to have to be better than your competition, which is what we're all about. That's what Julie and I teach you to do. When you're focused on becoming a listing agent, we want you to focus on becoming the best listing agent you possibly can be, and that means that you're going to have to learn how to compete. Not just compete to compete, but compete to win. What do you guys think about this? What do you actually think? So here's what most of you are thinking right now. Just having had this conversation with you guys individually before. You know, not all of you. Obviously, there's 163,000 probably listening right now, but many of you over the past forever I've had this very conversation with. Individually, one-on-one, you guys will agree. Individually, one-on-one, you'll say, yes, thank you. Please help me to become more competitive. Please make it so that I can absolutely kick the ass of all my competitors. But if you were in front of a group, you would fall back into that kumbaya nature. You would start using these big sort of woo-woo words and terminology on how basically real estate's all about. You know, you would fall back into that. Isn't that interesting? What happens? How is that approach? You having these two, like these, this bifurcation of how you think about business, right? The innate desire to win and be competitive, and this sort of PC presentation that real estate's supposed to be some big communal activity. How are those two emotions inside of most of you, uh, how are those conflicting, and what is the result of that conflict? What is it, for example, and this goes back to the complacency thing. You guys see where I'm going with this? So when you find yourself being complacent and you find yourself essentially uh, acting as all your other, you know, your competition, they're all acting complacent too. Not all of them are doing that. What a lot of them are doing they're acting like they're complacent. They might even be putting Facebook pictures up on the, you know, up where they're kicking their feet up on the desk and they're talking about what a great year it was and how they're going to, you know, they're okay. They might be BSing you. They might be basically doing the exact opposite and grinding down on expires and essentially focusing in on their spring inventory. They might actually be the exact opposite of the people you think they are. They're hyper aggressive. They're hyper competitive. That's how Julie and I were when we sold real estate. Now, we didn't, you know, there was no real opportunity for us to broadcast that we weren't working, but we knew as soon as this time of year rolled around that our, comp- our competitors weren't going to work anymore because we would call expireds, and the expireds would be like, You're the, Tim, Julie, you guys are the only ones that called. You know, we'd go knock on the door and they'd be, for a FISBO, and they'd be like, <clears throat> I thought for sure when I put the sign in the yard, I was going to get a bunch of calls and door knocks from agents, but you're the only ones. And okay, great. I mean, that's what happens this time of year. Now, all of you who are saying, I'm going to get started again in the spring, I'm going to you know, fill in the blank in the spring. It doesn't matter. Everyone likes to – the spring is some sort of oh, magical time when there's going to be you know, – everything that you don't want to do now is all of a sudden magically you're going to feel like doing it in the spring. I, I don't know what it is. All unicorns and rainbows. 
I know. For all you coins and rainbows in the spring, all of a sudden you're going to find your motivation. All of a sudden you're going to start going to the gym and you're going to keep joy. You're going to change your diet. You're going to change your outlook on it. All that stuff is going to just easily happen in the spring. Guys, not going to happen. I had another coaching call with someone this morning, a private coaching call, elite coaching call. That's what Jill, If you want to coach with Julie and I, it's elite coaching, um, and we're expensive. So just so you know, don't ask if you're not willing to pay because we don't just coach anybody. So I'm on this coaching call, and uh, this particular coaching client I've been coaching for three years, and he's been, he has very, very lofty goals, great goals, just absolute goals that drive him, truly chose the right goals. But every single goal he set for himself is taking two to three times longer to accomplish Okay, and at the start of our uh, session today, he was a little bummed out about it because he was looking back and saying, "I didn't accomplish these things this year." And you know, like, so I said, "Well, here's why: because you set really hard to accomplish goals that have driven you, and and these goals, in order, you weren't worthy of the accomplishment of the goal in the time frame in which you set yourself up to be accomplishing it. In other words, for you to accomplish the goal, and I won't tell you any of his goals, but let's just assume some of them were pretty required lots of money." You weren't worthy. You hadn't earned the right to earn that in the time frame in which you set uh, for yourself because you had to learn how to become the person who was worthy of the accomplishment of that particular goal. And what that meant for him is he had need to learn how to work consistently. He had need to, have to learn how to lead generate, proactively lead generate consistently. He needed to learn how to do what he didn't want to do and he didn't want to do it at the highest level consistently, take fewer days off consistently, stick to the script and follow a system consistently. There was a long list of things that he had to do um, that he wasn't doing very efficiently at the start of the year, but now he's doing really efficiently. And so just now he's becoming worthy of some of the goals he set for himself. So if you're finding yourself in the same situation as this coaching client I'm telling you about and you didn't accomplish your goals, here's what I have to say for you, to you. Good. That's good. Don't give up. Don't give up. You just weren't worthy of them in the time frame in which you set for yourself to accomplish them. I'm not saying you're not worthy of them, period. I'm just saying you didn't give yourself enough time to accomplish them. I mean, trust me, when Julie and I started going to Orange Theory last year in September, I would have loved to have essentially been in the kind of condition I am in now by like the end of the year, you know, 08. Or, end sorry, of the year. 08. How about the end of the session? Uh, <laughs> That's of, how most yeah, people operate. Uh, of 2017. I mean, we started in 2017, so 2018 September was our first 12 months. But I, but it took us, it literally took Julie and I twice as long to accomplish what we'd set out for ourselves as far as our physical goals. It took twice as long. Now Julie is running as fast as I am on the treadmill. She's almost doing the same distance. She's increased her weights by twice the amount, and I have too. And so. Th- it just, but it took a hell of a lot longer than we thought it would. It took a hell of a lot longer, two and three times longer, for us to accomplish financial goals. For sure it took longer for us to become millionaires. For sure it took longer for us to do things like finish the first book, finish the last book that we had come out, and the next book that's coming out next June, that took – fortunately, Julie did most of it, but that took an insane amount of effort on Julie's part. So, listeners, please just dial in with what I'm saying. Don't give up if you have not reached what you have set for yourself to accomplish. And understand that this is the time of year when you can drill down and have an unfair advantage. And, yes, you know what? You want as much unfair advantage as you can possibly get if it basically means you're just taking advantage of other people being lazy. Who cares? Go for it. Julie, does that make sense? 
called life. Yes, that is how it goes around. Absolutely. So on that note, on the do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it and do it at a very high level, we've been talking about, dare I say it, starts with a P, ends in a G, prospecting. I know, that was the warning. Prospecting. We made it through our rules of prospecting, number one through eight. Today we start with number nine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Call the most motivated spokes first or avenues of lead generation during your prospecting sessions. Doesn't that just make sense? Yesterday, Tim, you talked about a game that some of our clients and some of our listeners play. How fast can you set that pre-qualified, highly motivated appointment? Nobody is saying it has to take all day or 100 contacts. Some of you guys are all weird about contactitis. We talked about that too. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the next question we usually get is, okay, I'm going to do this thing. Rule number 10 has to do with getting phone numbers. Now, for sale by owners and for rent by owners are easy. They advertise their phone numbers. But for the rest, like expireds and probate, we've got several companies. They all basically do the same thing, but they have different widgets and wadgets and auto dialers and uh, databases and things that you can find out about. The RedX.com, LeadSenders.com, MojoCells.com, LandVoice.com, and Vulcan7.com. Um, those are just a few of them. And again, they basically do the same thing. Some of it has to do with how well they work with your own MLS. So find out about it and start using it. And I always, I think they, they usually range from 50 to about 75 bucks a month, depending on what you do. And so here's the thing. That's really expensive if you don't do anything about it. It's super incredibly cheap when you use it as the tool it's meant to be. And you don't just dabble in these things. You become the best at them. So phone numbers, can't use that as an excuse. There's many companies that provide that for you. <clears throat> and even if you're somebody who still is getting hives because you have to pick up the phone, rule number 11, door knock. There's no do not knock list. You can cherry pick and door knock everybody, okay, and never have to be on the phone. Or you can just door knock the ones without phone numbers, the ones that are in your geographic farm. But don't over pre-qualify. Some of you guys are not being as successful as you could at things like expireds because you spend like half the day researching what must have happened with the listing, you know, and then you over-engineer a CMA and you get there and it's vacant. It's like you're spending way too much time with the trying to find something out versus just making contact, finding out what their story is. Do they still have to sell? What's the motivation? They already bought something. All the things that we teach you with the scripts for expireds. Julie, can we level so, off here for a second? Yeah. Jules. Sure. All right. I want to – I, we give this information and people are still. I can just. I don't. You can sense it too. <laughs> there. Yep. I sense this overwhelming wall of uh, fear. Right. So mm -hmm. here's the way you guys break through the fear of doing some of the things that we're asking you to do. Because first of all, I'm not going to talk about fear as a thing. Let's just set that aside for now. Let's just focus on what happens if you do what we're asking you to do. And I'm going to give you guys a very real example. In your MLS right now, and Julie's talking about expireds, and there's like at least 50 different sources of mostly free leads that you can get of houses for sale. You don't have to buy leads. You don't have to do any of that crap. You need to basically learn to fish. Uh, don't wait for someone else to hand one to you. Otherwise, you'll never have a real business. All right, so let's say mentally you're at least ready for this type of information. Now, here's what I want you to think about. In your MLS, and I don't care which MLS you're in, you're going to find at least 20 really nice expires that you could be going after. Oh, not in my area, Tim. I looked, and there are only three. <laughs> can hear them okay. now. Of course. That's what they're going to say because they're trying to basically invalidate what we're saying so they won't have to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level. They're being lazy. And I call you out on it. And here's what I want you to do. Expand the area. 
right? Don't just look in the little tiny sliver that you consider your area. Look in a larger area like the entire MLS. Don't look for reasons not to do it. Look for reasons to do it. Don't look for reasons not to be uncomfortable. You've already mastered the art of being lazy. Let's decide to focus on essentially deciding to not to be lazy anymore, at least for the sake of hearing this example. Okay? So you're going to go to the MLS and you're going to find 10 listings. Now, you're going to see that these are expired listings, and here's what your inexperienced brain is going to tell you. Why do I – I'm not going to pander to your ego and worrying about hurting your feelings. It's inexperienced brain is going to tell you there's something wrong with the listings. They're in a bad location. They must be in shitty condition. There must be some problem with the listing. They must blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. The seller's a jerk. Blah, blah, blah. Your brain's going to fill with all this BS about why that house didn't sell because you're trying to rationalize not doing what we're asking you to do. Okay, let's say you're moving past that, and here's what you're going to discover. You're going to then, and I want you to think like this, I want you to think of those 10 listings, chances are those 10 listings have an average, what's your average commission in your marketplace? Some of you don't know, figure that out. But let's say in the United States, though a vast majority of our listeners have higher sale prices than you know, uh, $250,000. let us just say the average sale price in your market is $250,000. let us say the commission is 6%. Let's say the listing side is 3%. Let's say when that $250,000 house sells, it's $7,500. So 10 expired listings, there's an average, if you just take one side, of $75,000 in commission sitting there. Are you listening, listeners? Now, scale this up if you're selling in, you know, I mean, even in Texas now, the average sale price is like four hundred grand. Even, I mean, not in rural Texas, but, you know, even in, in, like, in California, give me a break, it's twice that. So you guys get the point here. These numbers are real. And in every market, there's at least 10 expires. At least some of you have hundreds of expires you've just never gone to look. Be honest, you don't even know how to search in the MLS for expired listings. Go back to the beginning of the year and count how many expired listings there were. Just think about that. Now, here's what I know about, we know about expired listings. Virtually, I can give you the ground down statistics, but here's the bottom line. Essentially, every single one of them relists within 12 months. A vast majority relists within, uh, within less than 30 days. So I don't remember the exact numbers, but it's something like, you know, 60% relist almost right away within less than 30 days, and the rest of them stagger out, but almost all expires relist within 12 months. Because once you've got the, you know, be in your bonnet to sell your house, you're going to sell it. You guys following me here? So of the 10 listings that you choose, you know, after you've pushed past your, you know, your rationalization as to why they didn't sell, I want you to look at those listings, and I want you to realize every single one of those is somebody that has to sell that probably has a problem that you can help them solve. In other words, those are people you can be helping. If you move past your ego, if you move past all these other things, if you move past the other agents who are telling you bad things about expired, if you move past your desire just to hit the easy button by listings, and you just look at those as individuals who have problems that you're in the unique position to help solve, doesn't that sort of recontextualize uh, the opportunity in a different way? Doesn't it put it in such a way that you then start to realize what this truly is? It's about helping people and that you are in a unique position to help these folks. So here's a little secret I'm going to give you about expires. When you use our script, ring, ring, hello, and you go through the script, it's only like six or seven questions and then you set the appointment. That's what's, We teach you how to do that in Premier Coaching. It's not difficult. It's not and with use one of these expired services, Julie listed probably about half of them. They'll give you phone numbers, numbers, 
cell phone numbers, office phone numbers, home phone numbers. They'll give you contacts at least probably 60 to 70% of the expireds. They're not going to give them every one. And if there's others that they didn't give you expired phone numbers on, don't be mad. Be happy because that means nobody else got the phone number either, which means you can go knock on that door and you'll be the only one soliciting that expired. The key to be successful on expireds is get to them early because most of them are going to relist with their previous agent. Mr. Seller, I'm out of curiosity. What do you think that what do you think your old agent's going to do to try to get the home sold that they didn't already try in the first six months the house was for sale? I'm sure you'll probably agree at this point. It just makes sense for you to at least get a second opinion so you're not in this position six months from now. So listen, Mr. Seller, I'm going to be in the area today at 6 o'clock. Would 6.30 be better, which is better for you? I'll pop by, show you exactly what I can do so you're not in the same position six months from now. 6 or 6.30, Mr. Seller. Then he's going to say 6.30 or she's going to say, say 6.30. 6.30. They might say, well, I need to check with my whoever. Great. I'll leave you my phone number. If something changes, just let me know. But I'll see you tonight at 6.30. By the way, which, uh, um, excuse me. By the way, when this property sells, where are you going next? So there's an order in which you have to ask questions. You never pre-qualify before you set the appointment. Set the appointment and then pre-qualify. They're going to tell you, well, we should have been. We have a new contract in con house and contract. We're getting relocated. We whatever. You will then know what the motivation is before you go on the appointment. That is critical. As Julie said, you already know what, their mo what, the, what the right price is and what the wrong price. Now, I'm going to give you guys some secrets here with expires. Oftentimes, the only reason that house didn't sell is the price. Condition's fine. You'll find some you know, weird houses occasionally. Location's fine. But here's your script for that. And this is a script. We have like six scripts for this. Mr. Seller, when it comes down to pricing real estate, it comes down to three things, price, condition, and location. Now, you're not planning on picking up and moving the house, right? I mean, it sits where it sits. It is where it is. The location is what the location is, right? So we can't change that. Do you agree, Mr. Seller? Role play with me, sister. Yes, absolutely. I can't change the location. <laughs> right. Sorry, so, I wasn't sure if you're uh, doing both sides or not. I know. Condition. Condition is what it is. You're not planning on remodeling the kitchen or adding a, an extra bedroom or an extra garage or you know a pool or nope, anything, right? We've so the condition done what we're going to do. Got it. So the only thing that leaves us that we can actually have any kind of positive in, of influence on is how the house is positioned on the market. In other words, we need to correctly position the house in the market so that it reflects the buyer's expectations. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. Okay, so I, I'm not saying lower the price, listeners, coaching clients in Premier already. Those of you who are ready to join Premier and you're listening to what we're saying, and you're saying, why the hell aren't you already doing this? I don't know why you're not doing it. You should be doing it. Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Click the button to speak directly with one of our coaches. Get enrolled in Premier Coaching. Learn how to do this before the spring starts. Start prospecting now. It's not difficult, especially this time of year because nobody else is doing it because they're all off basting their turkeys wherever the hell people do their turkeys. I don't know. What do people do to turkeys, Julia? Do you baste a turkey or baste know. a ham? You eat it mostly, but I don't know. <laughs> we better figure that out. you got you got other people's houses. <laughs> Julie just yeah, goes to the grocery no. store and gets whatever already cooked, right. we're being honest. Barbecue people. Yeah. Texas, exactly. you have barbecue okay. turkeys. Okay, so, so after you've pre-qualified them, after you've gone through our process, of course you would have sent the pre-listing pack at a time. You know, of course you would have followed our listing presentation, but they're going to list the house with you. And here's what will freak you out. You will maybe even find out the house was listed at the correct price. Yes, you don't have to lower the price. 
Sometimes you'll walk in there, and all it really needs is a new MLS number, new pictures, a new description to appear as a new listing, and it'll sell immediately at the old price. It's not always it price, true. guys. So yes. shocking. Yeah, it is shocking. Sometimes it's a little and tweak, you, you know? And you'll feel a little bit guilty. Not much, but you'll feel a little bit bad for the old agent. Not much, just a little bit. But you will. And, you know, it's, we had – guys, that happens all the time. You will re- – it, those of you who hunt expired, you know what I'm talking about. You'll re- list one, you'll put it back in the MLS, you won't change anything but description, pictures, and it sells like right away because agents don't search for anything other than new listings. Buyers, when they're searching, the, the IDEX feeds always spit out new listings. So as soon as something's two weeks old, it's no longer a new listing, and then it, it, it essentially is headed off to expired land. That's really how it works. The system's kind of screwed up, and agents are lazy. They're not going to search for old listings. They're just going to search for the new ones. It is what it is, guys. Who cares? Just understand the strengths and the weaknesses of the system and take advantage both ways. That's what you're supposed to do. You're a business person. This is called business maturity. Okay? So, look, you're going to get these. You're going to search. You're going to find 10 listings. You're going to think to yourself, that's $75,000. Can you list one of those, two of those, three of those, four of those? Can you list 10 of them? What if you find out there were hundreds of expireds that haven't been relisted in your marketplace? How many of those do you have to relist to have the best year ever? And yet you guys spend all your time worrying about all this other crap that makes no sense. It won't put a paycheck in your pocket. You worry about branding and logos and CRMs, and you worry about you know, your, all these fancy-ass, overly complicated, analytical, ego-driven concepts. When I just told you, Julian, I just freaking told you how to help somebody how to make money today. And yet you want it to be more complicated than that. Why? Julie, explain me why, in your opinion, in your professional opinion. Well, it, honestly, it is elaborate, creative avoidance, otherwise known as laziness. It's easier to fight it than to actually, you know, get the skill and go make the money. It's, it's, well, I, I shouldn't say it's easier. It seems like it would be easier to come up with excuses and to fight it. But in reality, the agents who are making all the money right now are the agents who know better than that. They know it's so much easier than what your subconscious mind makes it out to be. If you have any doubt, if you're in Premier Coaching, just go to the Facebook uh, page because there's tons and tons of stories of people saying, yep, I found, uh, I cherry-picked three expireds out of the 10 I found in the MLS today, made contact with all three, set two listing appointments. The third one's probably in the spring. I can't believe how nice they were. And then the follow-up posting will be that one of them sold this weekend instantly. And you guys yeah. are always surprised by that. It's kind of it's fun for us to watch because, you know, we can see you coming. But uh, for the rest of you who like to kick and scream and fight and make up excuses, how is that working out for you? Is that really a profitable plan that you're following? I mean, yes, temporarily it makes you feel good. Your ego is all vindicated that, you know, today in this little slice of time in one tiny little MLS code that maybe there were only five expireds and not the ten that we promised you. Okay, well, is that moving you forward, that conversation? How many do you really need? One per month times 12, okay, so 12 times your average net commission. I mean, that's like a minimum, bare minimum of 60 grand for most of you. But by not doing it, you're going, oh, no, I don't need to help those people that have their hand up who had a sign in their yard, a for sale sign in their yard, for example. Nope. I would rather just wait for the business come, to come to me, and I'll go uh, boost a Facebook ad and pray to the real estate gods. I mean, really, but isn't that, that a interesting? Plan? What, isn't, but isn't that fascinating? <laughs> what's basically come of our industry? I feel bad for and, them. And, I do. 
I do. I feel I feel bad for you guys too, because those of you who have have been you've only been in the business for ten years. You basically came in the business during a time when all these companies and there's I don't even know how many tens of thousands, big ones, small ones, who've all come in with the idea of selling you guys the easy button, and you've no one's ever exposed you to the things that we're exposing you to. No one's ever cut through the BS. That's the reason that we get so many emails from you guys saying thank you for you know telling us the truth. It is the truth. But it's also the truth that you can spend all your money and your time buying leads and making it overly, overly complicated. Our competitors, guys, want you to think it's more complicated than it is because then they can sell you, sell you solutions to problems that they created in your mind. If they tell you that you need an elaborate lead follow-up system, you don't have enough business sophistication to know that they're just trying to sell you something, a CRM, for example. You guys get the point? So, Julie, I know you need to go, don't you? I'm off to okay. premier coaching. You are indeed. So, guys, listen. If there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimandJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimandJulieHarris.com. Come on now. Don't wait until January to join premier coaching. You know you're going to do it anyway. Just do it now. And I Look, I will be more than happy to have you join in January. That's great, too. But for your own best interest, you want to join now so that when January rolls around, you've already got momentum. Otherwise, even as well-organized and orchestrated as our premier coaching program is, if you join in January, you're not going to get any real benefit until probably the end of January, beginning of February. I'd rather have you work now and then have momentum, actually have real you know, listings and closings in January because you started now opposed to starting in you know, basically two months. Are you listening to me, listeners? Please take action on this. FreeCoachingCallsForAgents.com. Just click the Coach Me Now button, speak directly with one of our coaches, and get started. If there's anything I can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.